Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is a podcast from Minute Media. ESPN gave Francisco Lindor a microphone during Sunday Night Baseball's presentation of a particularly engaging Philadelphia Phillies-New York Mets matchup, and it proved to be a tremendous decision. The effervescent shortstop provided insight, humor, and more than anything, allowed the joy of playing baseball to seep out on the air. His most memorable moment came in the top of the third when he expertly kick-started a double play while fielding questions from the booth. He's kind of a quiet guy when you play against him, but when he's on your team. Yay! That sound courtesy of ESPN. This is exactly how the gimmick was intended to work. And really, it's perhaps a bit cynical to call in-game interviews with on-field players a gimmick because it may be the best idea both baseball and its broadcast partners have had to spark interest in the sport and the incredibly deep and interesting crop of star players there to be enjoyed. Anyone tuning in to hear from Lindor would deduce that he doesn't lack for personality. So many of the discussions about baseball's inability to market its athletes end up in the same place, and one wonders how many minds are truly open to change. But if this becomes more widespread and more players buy in, it widens the net in terms of capturing imagination. Imagine being able to get this type of live access from half of the players on the field at any time. Baseball is so perfectly suited for this because of the pace of play and embrace of chatter anyway. Adding more voices helps things feel more alive and more full of action. More than anything, though, what Lindor did shows just how much damn fun playing the game is. How the payoffs are worth the wait. How the switch flips when the ball comes in your direction. And the unique joy of routine grounders and an ecosystem where the routine is celebrated. Lindor's chatter shows that special bond, the bond of being on a baseball team. There's truly nothing better. Expressing that as often as possible, without subtlety and reservation, can only help. The Boston Celtics looked mortal again on Sunday, allowing the Milwaukee Bucks to come into town and push them around in game one of an Eastern Conference semifinal series. Conventional wisdom would tell you that there's no reason to panic after dropping a series opener. But what if it's not actually a 1-0 hole? What if it's a 3-0 deficit to overcome? To be very clear, it is not a 3-0 series at this point, anywhere outside the parameters of Nick Wright's mind. And if you're interested in hearing more about that alternate reality, he laid it all out on this morning's First Things First. But here's why Boston should be in real trouble or should feel really nervous. They started this series down 2-0 because Giannis is worth two wins of greatness, 40-plus point games, lock it in. 
Now they're down 3-0 because he didn't have one of those games. So that, to me, if you're Boston, you only had you only have one game in the series that you can lose that isn't because Giannis just kicked your teeth in and they already lost it. That, to me, is really concerning if I'm Boston, is that there was only – you, you could only lose three, and I think Giannis is going to beat you by himself twice. So, to, in, by, in my wow. head, Boston's down 3-0. Got all that? Austin was down 2-0 before we even began because Giannis Antetokounmpo is good for 40-point masterpieces in two games, and there's no chance of winning those, which means the Celtics could only afford to lose one game where the reigning NBA Finals MVP doesn't play like a world beater. If you chart it all out, the math checks out perfectly, and it does make sense. Believe me, I got IT on it. I got research on it. It's worth marveling, of course, that a 24-point, 13-rebound, 12-assist effort with back-breaking brilliance in the fourth quarter does not qualify under Giannis standards as a greatness win. He only shot 9 for 25 from the floor and missed 5 of his 11 free-throw attempts, meaning he can play a lot better. Which should be terrifying because his contributions, paired with a suffocating defense, have already proven enough to steal a game on the road. Welcome to the Kyle Custer Show, presented by The Big Lead, your only home for International Baseball League of West Michigan chatter. And we had opening day yesterday, six months being off, six months thinking about a game three of a championship series that did not go the Cubs way. We were anxious to get back on the field, and it was great to be out there. Wouldn't you know it? In Michigan, the weather was terrible. It rained. It caused the game to be moved from the best ballpark in the league to the worst. We knew it was going to be a weird one. We knew Cubs versus A's, a rematch of championship contenders, teams that have alternated titles over the last four years. It was going to be big for playoff seating right off the bat. Joining me today is new Cub Jeremy Stokes, his first game with the team, did not get any action. We are sorry to say about that, <laughs> but let's cut to the let's cut to the chase. And Jeremy, the news of the morning is that the A's have usurped control of the Sunday League by virtue of a ten to three victory. What were your thoughts as you joined a new team and as you look forward to this matchup all off season, because I've said many times, it's something that is at times very silly, but also something that means a tremendous amount to me personally. What was your reaction first game with the Cubs finding defeat in an unsatisfying way? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, A's going to A's, you know, they kind of do their thing. Uh, it was, you know, I was at that championship game. Um, and it was eerily similar. Um, just, you know, you do you and got these guys all off balance and they're a lot of half swings, a lot of, you know, on a field like that where the field is, there's no grass in the infield, which generally you would be like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. But when you got a whole bunch of soft contact, it means a whole lot of playable ground balls. And so that's just kind of, you know, six innings one run ball right one hard hit ball and then you get a little more velocity in there a little bit wild a couple hit batters a walk and a you know maddie hitting another bomb 
it just you know right off the bat that thing was gone it's kind of exactly what happened in the championship game not not shocking right it's kind of what they do and they play good deep you know that when uh i don't know the pitcher's first name i don't know why i don't know his first name because i just know him as uh as schuster's brother which you know that's probably why most people know him um but when he's right you know he's got he's got four pitches that when two of them are working he's good and when four of them are working he's really hard to hit i mean i don't know where he, he probably tops out in the 82 ish range somewhere around there it's not mind-blowing velocity but when he's locating his curveball and he's got that that little sneaky slider that comes from that same release point it's just tricky man there were a couple of strikeouts on his changeup. You know, I think probably threw six changeups, and three of them were in you know two strike counts and had guys way out on the front foot. I mean, he just pitched really well. So that's a, it's a tough, it's a tough go. And he went all night, right? Yeah, and it's you're exactly right. It was exactly the same thing as as the deciding game last season. Um, through six innings, it was one zero. They got a lead uh, on an RBI double. I was missing bats all day, which was kind of funny because I did not feel like my stuff was very good. And the first time out, you're always thinking, okay, what do I have when I get out there? I didn't feel like the fastball had any velocity. I wasn't really like locked in, in a, in a, in a playoff performance in my head. I was just kind of out there because it was the first game and it was just like, let's see what happened. I felt like I barely was trying, which is so funny. And another great thing about pitching is sometimes when you are just out there, like screwing around and maybe giving like 80% effort, just throwing the ball up there, it works. And you miss the bats and everything played out and it was going so well. I was very concerned when we didn't get any runs early in the game, the bats were not there. And the problem in the, in the title series last year was the strikeouts and those reared their ugly head once again, especially yep. at the top of the order. It's a yep. great challenge and it's a great game to be in because I think that you saw, you know, I, I at the, at the risk of tooting my own horn, but I think you saw two of the better pitchers in the league matched up in a pitcher's duel for seven innings and Schuster's ability to go all nine right out of the gate is incredibly impressive. Uh, He knows how to pitch just like I think that I know how to pitch. And I think that anybody who came out kind of saw what the league can be at the top end. And I think that those games are a lot more fun than the 12 to 11 situations we get in so often so in one hand it it was really disappointing to lose but on the other I was really heartened by the competitiveness of the league because one thing that you and I are both really interested in doing is not just winning but we want to grow this thing to be something that is a good product and what I saw on the field for game one after a long off season where we all have second jobs and are not in the cage and, and throwing pens every single week I thought that the level of play was really high right out of the gate. And I also think that the league is going to be pretty competitive at the top because I thought that we might've taken a slight step back if our bats don't wake up. And I also thought that the A's, even though that they won, and even though that was a dominating performance, and even though that they didn't have their best hitter, the third baseman who had 10 RBI in the title game, they did not scare me the same way lineup wise as they did last year. Do you agree with those? Yeah, I think, no, I think that's right on. Yeah, is their lineup is their lineup is scary. No, their lineup isn't as scary as it was, but they've got they got a little more speed in that lineup than they had, at least at the top. 
um, they got those couple of young kids who were, you know, making contact. I thought it was interesting that those were the guys who were getting hits early. Um, and uh, maybe that has to do with just kind of uh, maybe a little more like the velocity they've been seeing recently, whereas guys who were college players, you know, it's, it's a little different to adjust to that. I think if you are a former college player, you are going to be comfortable with a fastball that's 85 plus, right? That's kind of, that's your, what I mean, you hear guys in this league say, oh man, Kyle's tough because he's below hitting speed, right? Which is still kind of like the most ridiculous thing ever. But, but it's true to a certain extent that, and the guys that, you know, I see in the, in the winter, in the cages, they're not practicing at 70, right? They're just not. So, there is a certain amount, and I don't know, those kids coming right out of high school, they probably aren't seeing that kind of velocity. So, you know, the way that those guys are going to get out is going to be, gosh, you throw hard. Um, so I, I think there's there's a little bit of that going on with that lineup. I mean, I think one of the things that makes you so effective is that just the really good mixing speeds, right? It doesn't matter how fast you're throwing it. If you're throwing it, you've got a 10-mile differential. Um, it's just hard to hit it. And, you know, guys who are tuned up not to adjust to a speed, but they're going to sit on a fastball. You can't you can't do that against a guy who throws that much different stuff, um, which is a tough adjustment to make. There's not a lot of guys who throw like that. So I, I, I kind of I see that with, you know, with the approach guys had as far as the A's as a whole. I mean, they proved they're the team to beat. I mean, I, I didn't get to see as many games as I would have liked to yesterday. Um, but the Marlins look good. The Cardinals and Mariners went at it just exactly how you would expect it. You know, close game, competitive all the way to the end. You know, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out. You know, the, the White Sox are a much improved team, at least from what I'm being told. I didn't actually see the game. But, you know, the Pirates have been a pretty scrappy team and they stomped them. So, you know, it's an interesting thing to do austin wills had two home runs in his first two at bats yesterday off against the braves i mean there's uh there's some bats in this league for sure yeah i think if we want to go around the league like you mentioned the mariners and the cardinals who are perennial playoff teams they squared off and this is the cool thing about week one is that the schedule kind of lines to almost like teams are playing where they're going to be slotted i think at the end of the year and the mariners were able to beat the cardinals 10 to eight. That's a big win. That's a big win right there. Because I think the question is always with the Mariners, the Mariners are always going to swing the bats. It's a question of how well they can pitch and what type of performance they can get from both their pitching and their defense. And I have to say something about the Cardinals who I respect so much as a team based on the last two years in the playoffs, how we have been able to beat them just by the most narrow of margins. I think in yeah. an alternate world, we could be talking about a situation where the Cardinals have one or two championships the last two years. They scare me. They really scare me because they yeah. are, they grind. They have a lot of arms. They can come yeah, at you a, a ton of different ways and they're really poised. So I do think that it's interesting that their kind of bugaboo over the last few years has been losing close games because they're the exact opposite team that I would expect. I would actually expect them don't to, expect to lose through and follow yeah. through, right? Oh, I think that's, I mean, I, that's certainly how our games played out with them, you know, very, yeah. And that pitching is good. The pitching is good. It's not just, you know, it's not one guy who 
comes in and and dominates for you know i think that's going to be the big thing with the a's right it's they've got one arm in that you know and if he can go nine every every game then hey all you know more power to him uh but that's a tough ask right and if, with the with the cardinals it's like you get through the first guy it's not like the next guy's you know heaving up grapefruits it's a totally it's a legit staff so yeah I, i'm looking forward to next week uh in just let's see you know see if there's some continuation of that yeah next week is a's Marlins, which I think will provide a really oh, good snapshot at where the Marlins are at yeah. this year, because like you mentioned, Absolutely. they won 14 to four over the Braves yesterday, offensive explosion. And in the off season, I would say that this is the team that made the most moves, made the splashiest moves. I'm kind of afraid of what they're building over there, because I thought last year playing the Marlins is my sense was this is the first year this team is going to exist and that extrapolating out in a few years, they might be the best team in the league. Uh, so I kind of think that they're on the come up and I think that their lineup has obviously proven that they're in a position far more down the road than the Cubs. So I think that that will be a really interesting game. Uh, and I think we could be sitting here next week saying that like that maybe the Marlins are at least in the mix to, to get one of the top two seeds, which makes the Cubs um, schedule, a bit more serious and a bit more daunting because I think that, you know, speaking candidly as, as I always will about our team is I think that one of the things that we don't do well is I think that we show up a lot of times thinking that we don't need to play our best baseball to win a game. And there's a little bit of a lackadaisical nature to it. And it felt like the energy was down yesterday and I will give hard criticism when it's warranted, but it just felt like we were kind of dead and didn't wake up. I will say I was encouraged that the bats came alive late. Mo got a big hit. We had better at bats. We kind of clawed and put some pressure on it. Actually got within uh, the tying run was on deck at one point. But I think that the thing that stood out for me in terms of our new talent yesterday was Cooper over at third, who made about four spectacular plays. Uh, didn't do much with the bat, but I think that his defense, both at third base and at catcher, is going to be really valuable. We were without Edgar Carrillo, who is obviously his fourth in our order, was out this week. But I think when you throw Cooper into the mix, his ability to play third and then also catch, it's going to lengthen the lineup, but also shore up the defense. So I think that that was kind of like the brightest spot for me in terms of new acquisitions and, and outlook going forward. Yeah, for sure. I mean, kid's ball player, right? And it's you can put him anywhere that's the thing about him you can you know he's he's athletic you can put him in the outfield he can get to a ball he can you know clearly his hands are good right I mean he made he made everything stuck right in the right in the pocket I mean it was just you know good timing you know the sense of where he needed to be with the runners he he played really good defense yesterday he hits so you know yesterday was disappointing um for him I know um but I don't expect that to be the case for very long. Yeah, offensively, I think it, it was cold yesterday, too. I mean, it, you know, if you weren't dressed, hell, you were probably the most comfortably dressed player on the field. You know, it's like not everybody else was wearing long sleeves. And I think, I mean, that's it's kind of a a BS excuse when you're talking about a, a baseball game in, in April. But it's like, oh, it's cold, man. So, you know, it's the 
the bats will heat up. Uh, there weren't a lot of new people in the lineup. I mean, I was kind of part of the deal with the new line, right? You know, everybody's kind of trying to feel out where they fit and what their role is. And um, I felt like there was a lot of big swings when it's like, put the bat on the ball. You got a hot infield, like put the bat on the ball. And, you know, would it would have been nice to see just a little more contact. And I think, um, you know, that's one of those first game of the season things. Everybody comes in. They just want to, you know, pull an Austin Wills and hit tanks, I guess. Yeah, that guy's uh, got to be feeling awesome today. I texted with him a little bit. It was just kind of like, hey, so <laughs> what? what's up? I heard you hit a couple of them. He said, actually, he almost hit three. It hit the third one off the wall. So, and one to, one to center and one to left. That's legit. So that lineup could be really, really good. Played a little bit with them in the spring. The thing about that group is that they're going to get – it's a good dugout, right? They're all – they all know each other. It's a bunch of guys who play together forever. You know, the thing with them – well, like everybody, you know, pitching, is that they're going to be able to hit. That They've got bats in that lineup. So are they going to be able to hang when they play? And it'll, I'm, what time is that game next week? Like, I want to go see that game. We got uh, we got 1 p.m. at Belknap right after our game. So you'll be there. No, I will definitely be there. Yeah, it'll be really fun. And I do think um, – I think that was where they thought they should have been last year. I mean, certainly that was their – the discussion around that that team. I mean, and now that they've got, you know, like Boyce is in that lineup full-time, he was only there for part of last season. You know, when you've got those guys who do just totally rake – that could be it could be a scary scary matchup and really look forward to the seeing how they play against the A's. The Padres in power made their debut. Looks like the Padres won 18 to 5. Didn't see much of that game. The White Sox beat the Pirates 7 to 2. And I think that that was kind of one of the more interesting results for me to see because both those teams last year it was their inaugural years and they started off a little slow and I saw a market improvement from when you played them in the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And I yeah. think it speaks to the competitiveness of the league is yeah. best when you go in and it's not just an automatic victory where any team can get anybody else. And I think that we're doing really well in making sure that the competitive balance is right where it needs to be, because I wouldn't be shocked as the playoffs get expanded from five to six teams, meaning that half the half of the 12 are going to make it. If one of these sides is in contention down the stretch. And I think that what last year is going to serve as a really positive and powerful experience for them because they gained a lot of confidence and there's no reason why they can't go in when they're playing a team like, let's say the Braves or the Mariners or even the Cubs, when we have a slightly less lineup, that's still a game where the other team is going to need to execute in order to beat them because they have pretty decent pitching. They put the ball in play. And I think when a young team like that, when with those young teams like that as an old guy and, you know, two old guys here, you kind of see like that high school mentality where they're still kind of like going all out passing the baton you kind of have to play that athleticism and, and energy for nine innings which can be a real daunting and, and trying task and if and if if you've got speed well and it depends on where you're playing too right so if you're playing at valley this year before you know they do the infield rebuild i mean that grass is long there if you've got speed and you're putting the ball in play there's a lot of ways to get on base right 
I mean, that was one of the things that was kind of surprising about yesterday is with all the soft contact, it actually ended up being, you know, a pretty easy six innings for you. If that, if those same, that same contact is happening at Valley, that's a very different game, right? Just because of the, you know, that soft contact is going to be harder to play when the ball is dying instead of making it all the way out to the infielder. Uh, yeah, man, it, I, I'm really looking forward to this season. It's going to be really fun. And I, I do, I mean, I, so I was talking to a couple of guys on the White Sox, you know, they had a little bit of a roster shuffle too. They added some guys and um, I think they felt like they felt like they, uh, they got bigger bats, which, you know, clearly they scored some runs and that, you know, that Pirates team can pitch a little bit. So, I mean, ima- imagine if you do have six teams that are legitimate, you know, contenders for those top two spots, two, three spots. It, it'd be really, it makes it a lot more fun. Yeah. I think that my perception of the season uh, coming in is kind of, uh, I thought it was going to be tighter packed at the top and down through five or six. And now my opinion is only strengthened by that. I think it's going to be wide open and it'll be as it always is who can kind of round and form when the playoffs come, because we do play two different games. Like there's a regular season and there's the team and the product you can put on the field in September. I wanted to, we were talking earlier before we started recording about this league and, and I have been really passionate about talking about it because it's something that I really enjoy. It means a lot to me as someone who grew up in Grand Rapids, going to games with my dad and my grandpa at these ballparks, playing in city majors, and just kind of an element of my life that I never thought that I would get to experience again. And then finding this league has been just an incredible blessing for me and the amount of cool guys that been able to meet in the camaraderie we share each and every Sunday. And yeah, is it a little hokey? Sure. And is there a wide audience for it? Maybe not, but I do think that it's really cool to have something to have ownership, to try to make it grow and to provide a service for people who want to like check out baseball in Grand Rapids. What was your experience finding out about the league and what has it meant to you since joining? Right. Yeah. So I, I didn't grow up here at all. I moved here in 2010 from the West coast. Um, and I didn't even hear about the league until about five years ago. I started playing, I started playing about four years ago on the, in the midweek league and, uh, and kind of went out, you know, started to get to know some of the guys and playing in the fall and hearing more about Sunday. So you show up on Sundays for the, I don't know, whatever, three years ago. And then, it's it's totally been life changing for me. I mean, I try not to be too like blase or flipping about it. It's not, it, but it's just the guys who are playing in this league love to play baseball. They love to talk about baseball. A lot of college players. So you have a level of quality in the league that, you know, I spend time in the cage. <laughs> I work on my game in the off season so that I can play um, because it it feels like you have to um, if if you really want to compete and you, you got to put some work in, which just means that people who are doing it just love it. And I think that that's, that's really, that says a lot for why it's fun to be there is because guys are, they just really want to be there, you know, to see the teams, the more teams coming in. I mean, we have 12 teams in a, in a little Sunday, you know, it's, it's kind of cool. So, yeah, I mean, what else can I say about kind of what, what my impression has been? I mean, playing at Sullivan or at Valley. I mean, the first time I walked onto that field, 
I was like, man, this place is awesome. And then you find out some of the history of it. And now I just like yesterday, I was so bummed that we didn't get to play there yesterday. You know, it's because it is just, you know, you get to play at places like that. You're playing with against good competition and that seems to be getting better. I mean, I feel like when I first went to Sunday games, you know, four years ago, I felt like you wouldn't have seen a game like we had yesterday, say four years ago. So the level has kind of come up. I don't know if that you, you could probably say more than I could about why that is. It's great to see. And it, it really makes me excited about what the future of that, this league could be for sure. It's been word of mouth. It's been growing. Yeah. It's been widening the net. And I think that why that's important is I think that you and I, you know, we're not afraid to say like, it's what we look forward to the most during the week. It's a fun league because you can kind of treat it like a college program where you're always recruiting. So there is that element of like fantasy baseball to it or whatever, where you're always looking to improve. It's a collaborative process. And that's really cool. You know, like baseball does a lot of things for you growing up as, as, as you get older, you know, you always have a coach, but this is kind of like a team of equals where decisions need to be made. And it's like, it's just really special and really pure because it's like the level of competitiveness is just perfect where you want to win, but your day is not ruined. But as the league gets better and the skill improves, that just makes it more fun. And it adds that element. Like it's always going to be fun to go out there and throw the ball around and hit the ball and just have some fun. Even if it's lopsided, like you live for that because you don't get that ability to be a kid very often, but then you throw on top where it's a really strong matchup and you get in your gut nervousness that you may have got for like high school regional playoffs or like a big college series where you don't get those juices going to that level in any aspect of your life because it's kind of frowned upon but it only works because everybody kind of has the same attitude where it's supposed to be fun, but it's also supposed to be serious. And, and you're also supposed to like give your best effort because it matters to the other people who are giving up their free time to play on the game. And I think that's kind of what keeps things in check. You did say that it was uh, life-changing and I kind of agree with that through this lens. Is it just kind of like, as I got older, it it shifted my focus to accepting who I was like my aging ability. Uh, You know, like I do take pride in, in trying to stay in shape because I want to play baseball as long as I can. And then going out there yesterday and having a performance like that, like that is just icing on the cake for me because there's so many event horizons in my life where I never would have got to experience that joy. And like, the challenge and being in control of pitching and standing on a mound, like the same thing of getting a big hit. It's just like these little added bonuses in your sporting career that are there, but you have to take advantage of them. That's what I think makes them, makes it even more special. Yeah. I mean, you know, so it's like a reason to stay in shape. I mean, that's, that's certainly part of it, but I, I think that, you know, when I say something like life-changing, I mean, for me, it's, it's not just the camaraderie thing that's been really, I mean, I have, I have, I've developed just in a, in a relatively short time, developed some just really, really great friendships. But, you know, one of the things that I, I think has been life-changing about it for me is, I, I mean, I've, I, baseball has been such a huge part of my life, whether I was playing or it was just around writing about it, reading about it, you know, 
just being somebody who loves to analyze baseball. You know, I think about, I, I got home yesterday and I was like, how much fun is it to sit in a dugout like yesterday, especially this Cubs team. I mean, just, you know, now that I've kind of been in a few dugouts in the, through this league and through, you know, through the, the midweek league. I mean, the conversation around the game, how is the pitcher attacking you? How are you attacking hitters? You know, what, what, what decision, like that, that conversation for me gives me so much energy and, you know, just life around the game. There's some really, really smart ball players in this league. And it's really, really fun to just get into that, get in the mood. I mean, this is great. I'm glad we're doing this because this is just kind of like, this is how I, this is why I love doing this. You know, if, uh, you know, I would love to be able to pitch. I can't even throw as hard as you. So there's not really a good reason for me to do it. I never was a pitcher. Uh, but it's like, you know, being able to analyze the game through at bats and, and doing all that. It, there's something about that. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a worthwhile endeavor for me. And especially when you got a bunch of guys who are fun to be around. And... Yeah. And we're going to be doing this uh, with Jeremy and maybe some guest appearances from superstars from the international league. As the season goes on, I would say that the takeaway from week one is the A's are in control. Second headline is I still have it a little bit. I didn't lose my powers over the off season, which is always a concern when you're 38 and that if a team really wants to do something special and make a run, I think that those top two spots, which provide the buys in the playoffs are there for the taking. Uh, we got a couple minutes left. You got any real hot baseball, real takes for me about major league baseball, make a headline All about, about major league baseball. You got two, you got two minutes. Just cook. So, what do you got? Yeah, Give so, me your strongest so opinion. I, so I grew up a Giants fan. And so that's my, you know, that's where my heart still lies. So it, it pains me to say this, but the Dodgers are so, so good. <laughs> that's the hot take. It's not even a hot take. Everybody knows it, but it's absolutely insane. The amount of depth that they have. I mean, Gavin Lux is, is like their eight or nine hitter. He'd be hitting third or fifth in damn near every lineup in major league baseball. And he's at the bottom of that order and still playing absolutely fantastic. I mean, and then you go, you know, Dustin May isn't even back yet. <laughs> Who's probably, you know, a two starter on every other rotation. He's going to come in as their five, you know, throwing, uh, you know, 98 mile an hour, two seamer with 18 inches of run. It's just, give me a break, man. That team is just brutal. I mean, the, Actually, the thing that was funny when you asked was like, Kershaw is like Kershaw again. And he's damn near as old as we are. <laughs> You're like, how is this going? I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Robert's guaranteed the World Series, but he should have. And I wonder what that managing job is like when you just have so many tools, so much talent. You would think it would be easy, but he's going to have a lot of hard decisions to make in October. Well, like pulling Kershaw with a perfect game in the seventh inning. I mean, it and 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 Kershaw's response to that, I still think it's I think it's totally insane. And I I just I don't care if you throw thirty more pitches in April, like just stop. But he was like, we're not we're not playing for personal achievements here. And is th is that you know a Roberts influence? I don't I don't know. But you get that many superstars in a room, the opportunity for all kinds of chemistry stuff is is legit, and it doesn't seem to be there. So. Yeah, look out for that.
All right, that's Jeremy Stokes. That's your International Baseball League of West Michigan recap. There you go. You got it. All right, dude. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate you, Kyle. Yep. See ya. Have a good one. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.